Welcome to the Finance Geeks Podcast with Paul Kluwerth and Warren Shute. Two financial planners shoot the breeze while sharing tips for making the most of your money and living your best life. Expect a lot of laughs and genuine insights that might just transform the way you look at your finances. Remember to follow, like, and subscribe to the show. And now over to the geeks in the studio, but they are not in a studio. They are geeks in their own office. Hello and welcome viewers. My name is Warren Shute and I'm with... Paul Clueth and of Tandem Financial. We're two financial planners. We're here to share ideas, our plans on this podcast with you. Um, hopefully there'll be lots of tips and ideas to help you live the best life and pretty much have a good time. So, uh, Paul, what have you been up to? Well, uh, first of all, I think we should say what the podcast is called. So it's called The Finance Geeks uh, yeah. because... Yes, because uh, we wanted it to be reasonably catchy, but uh, both yourself and I, Warren, are, are we finance geeks? Of course we are. Yeah, we love it. We've been doing it for over 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> have, you re- I mean, have you really been doing it 20 years? 23 years I've been an advisor. I started off as a mortgage advisor back in 2000, you know, did all the initial exams and then 2008 became a financial planner when I stopped doing mortgages around that time. Wow. Um, so 23 years, you wonder where the time's gone. Yeah. I think you're longer than me, aren't you? How long is it since the no, mid-80s? 19... <laughs> 1995. So what does that work out to be? Yeah. That's 29 years yeah, coming 29 up. 29 years. That's good that we can do the maths on that. You know, 2024 minus 1995. Mm, yeah. So we're in finance. You should know these things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been good. So you must be on the verge of retirement now. I mean, the glasses make you look maybe it's late 50s, early 60s. What do you know? <laughs> I'm 50 this year. Big five out. Math celebration here. Living one's best life. Um, half century. Good half, half a century. I don't think I would. I don't get, I don't. So many people race for the exit. So many people race for retirement thinking that's what the outcome is. And I think the outcome is to enjoy and live life today and enjoy the process. So if you're enjoying what you do, getting up in the morning, you know, shooting the breeze with you, doing this is a bit of fun. It's not, you know, um, why on earth would you retire? Would you want to do just garden all day and just go around shopping centers? No, I, I agree. I agree. It's uh, trying to go to get it with purpose, haven't you? And say, what am I going to achieve today? And I definitely feel I've had a good day if I've got at least, you know, three things done, if I've actually, um, you know, achieved something, you know, so I do absolutely try and get in the zone at some point during the day and, you know, do some good work because only then can I feel like I've had a good day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I always get up pretty early to be honest. I quite like getting up. Uh, it's usually because of children. What time do you get up? <laughs> so, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, quarter past five, uh, cause I'm wow. in the gym at six o'clock, do an hour and a half in the gym. But um, today, Tuesday, about twenty past twenty past half past. Hang on, hang on. You get a bit quarter past five because you're in the gym at six o'clock. Either the gym is a long way away from your house, or you spend a long time in the bathroom getting ready doing your hair. Prepping, (laughs) probably, but both coming round in the morning, you know. And it does. It takes that long to get ready, and then you have to stretch and get changed. Yeah. Another pre-workout shake or half a banana. Do those things if you have a good gym set. Some of us can last more than twenty-five minutes in the gym, you know. uh, So. uh, Try and do an hour, an hour and a half. <laughs> Put the time in. It's, uh, it's the endorphins going. So I'm, I'm up at six o'clock and I think um, my retirement would be seven. So seven o'clock would be nice, but I have to get up yeah, at six. I'm not a good sleeper though. Say again? I'm just not a good sleeper though. You know, we should do an episode on sleep actually in the future because it's something that I personally want to learn to do more of or be, be, become better at. It's part of what uh, actually it's going to be included in one of our future well-being videos is it really? um, that I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, the whole concept of sleep is fascinating. Most people don't get enough. Do you know what the average, the average person gets less than seven and a half hours sleep? That's okay, isn't it? Well, it depends on how much time it takes you, to, you know, how much you need to function. That's okay. Um, but you, yeah, I think, I think so. So, uh, okay, so I'm lights out at 11 and I'm up at six. That's seven hours. So Yeah, but the, you're in bed for seven hours, but you don't actually get seven hours. No, sleep. I'm in bed. It's you just know. gone 10 and I'm out, lights out at 11. I go to sleep right away. This is the start of 2024, January 2024. It is, I know, where does the time go? What have you been up to? So lots of things with children, actually. Uh, I've got two boys who are 12 and, uh, well, nearly nine. Rory's nearly nine, Mars is 12. And we've been trying to fill the weekends, you know, off screens and doing something else. And so uh, last Saturday, I took them climbing. Uh, this Saturday, we went to the Witches, which Witches? is in the, the National Theatre in Southbank. So it's the Roald Dahl play. Um, and basically a musical. It was, it was really fun. And then on Sunday, just gone, I was at karting in, in Dunstable with my eldest. So been doing that with the kids. And uh, um, I've been training for the fan dance on Sunday, uh, next Sunday, the 28th. So I'm trying to get fit for that. Oh, wow. um, How's it going? So, yeah, it's, well, it, it's, it's, I mean, it, there's not much more I can do now, to be honest. I, I did a five mile uh, rook the other day with 20 kilograms on my back and that was fine, but there's no hills quite like the Brecon Beacons. So I did it in August last year, the summer fan dance, and it's 24 kilometers up and over Pennyban um, and, uh, you know, back again. And it's, it's, it's tough. It's an SAS selection uh, um, sort of route. But the, the moment, I've had a look at pictures today, and my, my father-in-law just sent me one, and it looked all quite sunny, but snowy at the top. And the weather can turn very quickly, but I looked at the weather forecast for this Sunday, and it's going to be 53% chance of rain. So it, it doesn't look like it's freezing. It says it's about 11 or 12 degrees. But I, I mean, I suspect there'll still be snow on the top, so it's going to be a challenge for sure. Cool, cool. What have you been up to? Sounds like a plan. Uh, do you know what? I've had one of the most manicest, 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 craziest start to 2024 <laughs> ever. So my PA left in December um, after 17 years. So I'm incredibly grateful for the 17 years she gave us. Um, but she decided to move on to be a proofreader, which we supported completely. Um, my practice manager broke her leg on Christmas Eve. Um, and we've been crazy busy. So I've kind of, we were a member of staff down anyway. We were, we were recruiting in December. So we've kind of come back all guns going blazing you know busy um basically two members of staff down um so it just means things have got to adapt and flex and i just you know I, I i say that because sometimes from the outside when you look on social media everything looks perfect um and you know everything's working fine but it's just you know just doing a little bit more work than i normally yeah, 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 so um it's good you know it'll sort itself out what doesn't kill us makes us stronger Definitely. How's how's Nikki? How are your kids? Yep, Nikki's great. Uh, my kids are fantastic. So I've got Ollie, um, who's seventeen, uh, sorry, eighteen, um, and Bella, who's seventeen next month, um, and they're good. So just out looking for a car for Bella. So um, oh, right. I take my father duties very seriously. I taught Ollie to drive. I'm excited to see Bella to drive. So we're out looking at cars. Yes, we saw one yesterday, but it just wasn't quite right. Didn't have reverse sensors or front fogs, and I'm a bit of a stickler for safety. I kind of want to give her the heads up. Um, Hang on, you've got to get the car that costs, you know, a thousand pounds or less, and then the insurance is three times that. You've got to get the absolute rush bucket. You're not going to get her a nice car, are you? I'm not necessarily a nice car. We, I have a deal with my kids that um, I'll match whatever they save. So both both of my children bought half their cars. I'm 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 pa I'm really into 
financial education and I do it, whatever I do externally, I preach internally. So one of the things is my kids, they've saved half their money. I matched all my wife and I matched whatever they How did they save all that money then? If they're 17 and 18, doing summer jobs or yeah, working, working for you? Yeah, or... yeah working for us, doing summer jobs, doing work outside, saving their pocket money, things like that. So they get pocket money, they do chores for their pocket money. Um, read the money pound, tell you all about it in there. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's true though. It's, it's like, I, I'm in a very fortunate position that I work with hundreds of people over my lifetime with finances, some of them with lots of money and some with not very much money. And it's, it's left clues, it's, it's tricks. And I've gleaned those tricks, those clues for those people and thought, okay, I'm going to do more of this. I'm going to do less of this. And one of the things um, I've instilled with both my children is money isn't free. You put effort in and you get a reward for it. So how much is the insurance going to be on, on those then? You must have looked into it. Yeah, them. yeah. So we look at, do, do you get them on yours as a second driver? Or? No, 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 no. So we go for um, polos, one litre polos, um, oh, yeah. about £800 to insure. So they're the main, they're the lead driver and we're a named driver on the policy. Um, oh, and gotcha. to be fair, they're fantastic cars. I drive my son's car occasionally and I really like it. I go into Sarah and says, it's, it's small, you can park it in. I know, but you, you yeah, drive yeah. these expensive cars and you think, oh, it's like, and it is comfortable when you're doing distances. But when I've just got to nip down the road and park into a small place and go and get a coffee or something, it's fantastic. So, What's it like going from a Tesla, which I know you've got, yeah. which is all automatic, to a manual? Do you remember how to do it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I even got a compliment from my wife yesterday doing the test drive. You changed gears very well. It's like, you know, <laughs> I just think it's one of those things, isn't it? You, you know, it's a skill you never forget. Um, oh, of course. And the uh, thing I'm looking forward to most is, is taking her out to drive. I think we've got these oh, things. Oh, you know, okay. I, I taught them how to ride bikes, you know, taught them how to swim. Teach, these are the things that we'll, we'll remember as we get older, um, and hopefully they'll instill on their kids, um, family generation things. So, uh, so yeah, that's that. Um, I bought myself a trumpet. Um, my dad is 99 this year, and he's a massive bandsman. He's in the military band. And um, I learned to play the cornet when I was about six, seven, all the way up to about 15. Uh, and then I stopped because I found girls and rugby and everything else. Um, but I bought myself. Do you think you'll pick it up again? I wonder how long it'll take. You going to get lessons? Um, probably won't. I don't know. There's YouTube. So you can teach yourself so much these day, these days. I don't want to be a professional yeah. professional musician, musician. But I think maybe if I just um, you know a bit of YouTube. I've been on there already, and um, I'm getting the hook. I do like it. So, it's gonna be fun. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll play you a tune. I always wanted to play an instrument. When... I always wanted to to sort of try and and get. It's making the effort. You've got to have enough willpower to get to the point where you think, right, I'm going to buy the instrument. I'm going to start playing it. Um, I, I learned the piano when I was younger and then just stopped, yeah. you know, and just think, ah. Oh. Um, so my youngest, uh, Rory's learning the piano and he's doing he's doing quite well. So quite, we're encouraging that. Um, but, uh, Virtually everything in life is practice, isn't it? You know, you mentioned the gym at the oh, morning. Definitely. It's going in there, repetition and playing, playing music. Yeah, playing music, repetition, going in there, doing that. Um, so hopefully I can find enough time. And uh, when's your birthday? I might play for you. September, mid-September. Okay, well, I will uh, I will make a start. Hang yeah. on, play for me? What? What, you come to my... Uh, am I having a birthday party? I'll, play, I'll, play, I'll play on the podcast. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Assuming we're still going at that point, yeah. When we've got four four listeners or followers by then. Um, but okay, I'm up for that. Yeah, yeah, you know, thanks very much. It's a bit of a loud instrument, isn't it? it well, like, you, you, know, can, you can play it quietly, softly and stuff like that. But, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and um, this year, like I said, my big 5-0, big 50. So um, I've got an adventure every month. I've received the invite yet, by the way. Every month of the every month of this year. So we've got something going on. You'll get the invite. It's uh, a fine space. <laughs> Put him on the list. I'll make a note. And um, a bit like, you know, it, it, it struck me because, you know, when I was planning the year, 
I was thinking, yeah, I'm planning my adventure, and that's one of your strap lines. So it's a very good strap line. It, it is. It is the strap line for Talent Financial. My wife actually came up with that because we absolutely think that, you know, life is an adventure. And as a financial planning firm, you know, that's what we're, we're helping clients to do, you know, to plan for their future and plan their adventure and actively encouraging them to do things, yeah. which is what the website's all about, planningyouradventure.com. So, yeah, yeah do, do check it out if you've not seen it. It's, uh, is that what she calls it, being married to you, an adventure? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Every day is an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. Okay. Yeah. The, it's, the, it's the inspiration and it's the way that you make me feel so, so loved. That, that's the reason why we're friends. <laughs> you know, it's the motivation. It's, I don't take it as cynicism at all, which is good. Uh, or sarcasm, rather. Um, yeah. yeah. I've got a thick skin, which is, which is part of uh, being northern. I think. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Give as good as I get. Um, I think it might be time for Hot Off The Press, Warren Shoot. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So, what's Hot Off The Press for you? Well, um, I, you know, dug, dug a bit deep, had a look at what's going on at the moment. And, you know, I'm going to talk a bit about what's going on in the economy and what's going on with some, some figures and rates. And I think that there's a, a large you know, misconception and misunderstanding of some of the numbers. And I think it's quite important because as an advisor, I do, I do review certain websites, whether it's the ONS or Parliament website or HMRC, looking at some of them. And, and it comes up in conversation as part of a discussion with clients. So, so for example, um, according to the, the ONS, house prices fell 2.1% um, in the 12 months to November last year. So it's always a bit delayed. And the, have a guess what the average house price is in the UK at the moment. Maybe you know this already. No, no, no. I'd probably guess it's around two hundred and fifty thousand. So it's two hundred eighty-five thousand. That's, not, that's a, in the that's UK. Not a bad guess, is that's, it? That's, all right, I'll give you. You're only, you're only ten or fifteen percent out, but that's not bad. <laughs> um, the, uh, the the in England though, it's three hundred two thousand. In Scotland, it's two hundred uh, ninety-four thousand. In Wales, it's two hundred thirteen thousand. So it differs depending on where you are. But I was just amazed when you look at the average salary in the UK. That's about 26, 27,000. It's more than 10 times, more than 10 times the salary. I'm not surprised that a lot of people can't uh, afford to buy. And the, uh, uh, with interest rates as high as they are now at five and a quarter, expected to maybe go down later this year, because now the inflation's under control a bit more. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's making you know, mortgages very expensive and, you know, it's a, it's a concern. And I'm not surprised that house prices are sort of teetering a little bit in areas. Um, but yeah, we, we know that inflation was double digits uh, in, in 2022. It's now, what well, CPI, which is the main measure of inflation, is, is 4%. Um, so, so there's an expectation that it will get down by the end of this year. This is according to the Bank of England to, 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 to go up their target of 2%. So, yeah, the, uh, uh, those numbers, the very concept of what inflation is and the average house price, it does come into discussions with clients, whether it's an indexation in their pension or it's talking about buying a buy to let or a property for their children or whatever. Um, but another thing that comes in is uh, state pension. Um, I'm sure you're fully aware of what it's going to. Um, I'm quite amazed, to be honest, that in April... From April the 6th, it's going up another 8.5%. Mm. So the Tories have kept with the triple lock, and it's going to go up to just over 11,500 a year. So it's, it's being that it's an indexed income in retirement, and a husband and wife can both get it if they get 35 qualifying years, it's still, it's kind of like having £380,000, I worked out, if it, it, to provide that level as an indexed annuity. Yeah. Um, so as a couple, seven, it's not to be sniffed at. It's quite a decent no, it's, it's not. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. starting point. 
Yeah, so many people do sniff at it and just ignore it and things like that and don't take it into consideration so much. Yeah. But um, no, it's a, it's, a decent, it's a decent... When do most of your clients look to try and achieve financial independence? Because, of course, state pension comes at the end of, the, end of your 60s, doesn't it? Typically 66, 67. When do they look to try and achieve it? Yeah, and start to draw down on their pot of money. John, it really does vary. It does vary massively. We have a large cohort of clients who just don't draw down on their pensions at all. Because um, they've got sufficient final salaries or something. Uh, or just sufficient investments. Absolutely, yeah. So we just defer accessing the pensions till the last pot, really. Obviously yeah. being, very, okay. being very tax efficient. Um, and But my biggest aim for clients is to enjoy the window between, say, 60, 65 and 75. Does that make sense? Um, Because I think 75, you start to become less active. And although we do planning, and we've always done planning to age 100, and for younger people, we plan to 110. Um, This is an irony here. For younger people, we plan to 110. And for very old people, we plan to 110 as well. Um, You're less active between 75 and 85. And uh, so we want to really just make sure people have got enough memories and things in there as they can. So to answer your question, it, it varies massively. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're... But if, if it's going to be 60, you know, which it is for some clients or even mid to late 50s, they, the point is they've just got to have sufficient other monies besides state pension to draw on before they get this boost of income mm. between husband and wife in their, in their late 60s. Yeah. Um, for, I drop, but, um, on the state pension, for a lot of our clients, I say for a lot of our clients, for a number of our clients, we've just used the state pension to fund a whole of life policy. Um, to, help, oh, really? to help protect their inheritance. Yeah, because they don't need it. They don't need it. Oh, of course. I, I don't buy into the deferring the state pension. Okay, so... No, it, does, it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't... It's, it's, well, it does... It, it's not as as, uh, um, uh, as good as it was in terms of the amount that you get, the extra amount that you get. It used to be like 10%, 10.9% yeah. on an annual basis. It used to be a huge increase, but there's not a lot of benefit in doing it. Now. But if they don't need that money, okay, transferring yeah. that across to an insurance policy, pay out a chunk, chunk of money when they pass away to help cover the inheritance tax and fund the next generation, it's a great strategy. So um, it, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see when it, when it's means tested in the future, because I can expect that to happen. It's costing the government so much money in, in welfare to pay for the state pension. And as you said, you've got lots of clients like I have that are, that'll say, well, I've paid my stamp, my NI yeah. to get it. Um, but it's not as if the money they've paid now pays that income. Of course, it's current yeah. taxpayers that are paying that state pension. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was means tested in the future. It's, um... But um... hey, you know, you mentioned hot off the press, and I think that's an extremely valuable thing. Mine's less valuable, really, on that basis, but equally important to note. I don't know. Do you use Andy Hart's Hum newsletter? The premium. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do. What yeah. a fan! A big shout out to Andy. Fantastic bit of content. I've used it pretty much from day one and we get some great feedback from our clients on it. So I just wanted to say congratulations on that. Um, but also for any listeners here who are financial planners, um, Andy's got a price increase coming up. Um, I think it's on the 1st of March. So if you're not yet a subscriber, highly recommend go and do it, subscribe to it. If you don't like it, you can always cancel. Um, but um, if you get in at lower price, you guarantee those lower rates. So uh, for me, that's the hot off the press that, um, yeah, we try and touch our clients about 50 times a year. So it's really, really, you know, high touch. Wow, that is a lot. Yeah, it is because, um, hey, they're important to us. 
just and that's genuine you know we really do give a monkeys about them um so we just want to make sure and it flexes so sometimes it'll be more than that so during the corona um, pandemic for example we had this navigating the corona crisis um newsletter thing that we sent out and we wrote and it was periodically so whatever things sort of happen just make sure that they know we're on it um but generally about 50 times of the year um just so that they know that they're there you know and it's not just a once a year kind of thing very good. No, that's excellent. I, I think that in the main article, the focal point that we'll get to shortly, we're going to talk a bit about the goals for this year. And one of my things is uh, is, is about engaging with clients. So what you've said there is very uh, pertinent. Okay, well, um, go, go, go to it now. Why not? So, so our focal point for this uh, episode is that we're going to talk about goals for 2024. It's the start of the year. And so we've talked... You know, some people have resolutions, some don't, but I know that you, Warren, like myself, think about well, what am I going to do this year and how am I going to do it and what can I do better? So how, you tell me, how do you go about sort of uh, uh, um, thinking about your goals for 2024 as a team and person? So I'm a massive goal setter. I've done it literally since I was about 18 years old. Okay. And I've been doing the current format, what I do right now, um, probably for about the last 10 years, because I can go back and, and see all the progress. Um I always start with myself. So I don't start with the business. I always start with myself and ask myself, you know, what's my outcome? You know, what do I want to do? Where do I want to be in 10 years, five years, three years, and then a year? I work, you know, and I, it, it's true. I look out of the future and say, you know, where do I want to be? What do I want to be doing? Um, and I can assure you, all of my goals doesn't say to me, you know, sit on the beach and go and retire. It, it, it's things that get you excited that you want to move forward to. And if you want to achieve something pretty significant in three or five years, it's going to take time to get it. So you've then got to put action steps in today to work towards it. So um, I start literally there, 10, 5, 3, and then one year. One year gets very specific. You can imagine the 10 year and five years are very um, big picture, sort of conceptual. But one year is very specific because 12 months goes in a heartbeat, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So you've got the previous goals, and you just tweak them, the 10, 5, 3, yeah. 1. Yeah, that. so typically speaking, unless I change the view, in case I sort of get closer towards it and think, you know, actually, I don't want this, or I've achieved it, you know, it's, it's, come, it's come forward. Um, I generally get about 80% of my goals, so I don't always so, achieve all my goals. T tell us why you use this concept of, of outcomes with clients as opposed to goals. So you always get an outcome, okay? You don't always get the goal. So I kind of want to set clients up for success. So when I'm talking to clients, I'll sort of say to them, you know, what does the future look like? How do you want to live the rest of your life? Use the, the Dan Sullivan question if you're having this conversation three years from today. Um, and it, for me, it's really a, a case of holding clients accountable to help them move towards what it is they want to achieve. Because let's face it, there's a lot of people out there who can recommend a pension, a bit of life insurance. And arguably, there's, there's websites that can help you do that. Okay. But to help clients live their best life, to help clients live life by design and not default, which is one of our strap lines. Um, people, that's what people buy. That's what people really want. They want to make sure that they're living their best life. So we talk to them. We just sort of say, you know, we have this conversation. We sort of build build this out. And I do it with myself. I do it over Christmas uh, in the new year period. Um, and this year it's stretched a bit into January. I do it at the same time as doing my own financial plan. And, you know, hey, Practicing what you preach, you I love it. Do you know, I, if you, no, I you don't have a financial plan, if you're a financial planner out there listening to this and you don't have a financial plan, please just pause and just start your financial plan. It's like the most important thing you could ever do. 
Um, well, you'd be a hypocrite, wouldn't you? You know, it's, it's ridiculous. You can't you can't do the job unless you're doing it yourself. I think so. You know, it's crazy. And if you're a, um, a member of the public and you don't have a financial plan, I promise you it's a guiding document to help you live your life by design, to live it intentionally, because precious time's running out. And before you know it, you'll be retired or post-retired or in your 80s, or whatever, looking back and thinking, I wish I had. I wish I had done that. Or why did I accumulate so much money? Why have I got all this money? You know, the outcome isn't to have all this money in your last days. Your outcome is to enjoy and spend and, and utilize this money. And that's to someone who's a financial planner who invests money for a living. There's, there's definitely a lot of people don't don't get round to thinking about it because it's um, there's no structure to it, and and perhaps they're too too busy living their lives, you know, working, kids, home life, to think about it. So, um, you know, one of the uh, the, the benefits of using a, a planner or an advisor is you can delegate this to them or at least have them there as an impartial uh, advisor to sort of a, a confidant to, to ask you these leading questions and get you thinking about you know what it is that you want to achieve so you know you, you talk about outcomes are you are you also talk about setting clients expectations and trying to help them visualize what the future looks like yeah 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 no, definitely and, and when we do the outcomes uh, we, i have an acronym called peak so we want to make sure we're balanced. And this is something that I didn't do in my early years. So now when I set outcomes, I talk about personal, economic, mm -hmm. adventure, and contribution. So I'm looking at a rounded position. I'll be honest, when I first started, it was all economic and personal. It was just about, you know, okay, I need to grow the business. I need to invest a bit more money. I need to get a bit healthier. I need to do this. But now as I've grown, as I've matured in my years, I realized that actually to be a good individual, to be happier, you want a more yeah. rounded approach. So I make sure I set personal outcomes, I economic, financial, okay, and they relate to the business, um, adventure, fun, um, and uh, contribution. Uh, make sure it's yeah. giving yeah. back and, yeah. and doing a bit more. The, there's various acronyms and, and uh, that are used to, to talk about uh, happiness and achieving happiness in life. Um, you've heard of, of RAMP, the Relatedness, mm -hmm. Autonomy, Mastery, Purpose. Okay. Um, there's, 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 this could be another episode that we should talk about in the future because it's something I'm interested in talking about clients' well-being and, and there's, there's various aspects of your life you have to have sorted to be able to um, really, you know, uh, feel that you can be happy, be less stressed, you know, to feel like you've got uh, something to work towards. And so there's, there's others, um, the four C's as well, um, which uh, we can talk about. I'll, I'll leave that one as a uh, as, as a cliffhanger for a future episode because it's, it's a topic in itself to talk about what's actually needed in your life to actually achieve not just financial independence but happiness as well yeah um and uh, one of the books i'm going to recommend later on is to, is to do with this very subject so i'm going to talk about that. it's it's interesting i think you know, once so once i once i've set my personal outcomes what i want to achieve personally um, I break them down into quarters. So I know I have a 90-day check-in. It comes off the book traction. Um, so we run that personally and within the business. Um, and then I write them out and I laminate them. And I literally read them every morning, every night when I clean my teeth. Um, so I read them this morning. So, um, wow. and, 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 and it's that focus. It's that... Well, you've got to make them visual, haven't you? Yeah, you just got, hey, do you know what? Out of mind, out of sight, mm -hmm. isn't it? Out of sight, out of mind, sorry. And it, it's, it's very much like, it's no point setting them. So many people set goals in January and forget them by Valentine's Day. Oh, and yeah, it's just absolutely. about staying on them. And you're not going to achieve them straight away. So it's just incremental movements towards, okay, yeah, this is what I want to do. And it's more about habit goals rather than thing goals. 
that makes sense. So it's our habits and our traits that I'm looking to set as outcomes rather than I'm looking to achieve this one thing. So I think that develops us in, as individuals. Well, the, the, the classic resolution of people in January generally is to is to get fit, to join a gym. And of course, it takes quite a while to to set a habit, you know, to, to create a habit. Um, you and I will have, have read um, James Clear's Atomic Habits, you know, how he talks about the importance of, of habits and how to actually create them. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think that I, the top tip I would give anybody listening to this is whatever you decide you want to do, just just uh, um, get into the habit of, of breaking it down a little bit. Like, for example, instead of saying, going, to, I want to go to the gym, the first thing you do, you've got to get up. So you've got to set your time. You've got to make the time in your diary, whether that's in the morning or evening or whatever's good for you. Um, you've got to turn up. You, you've got to be changed and ready for it. And I think, well, that's the next thing. I've got to be changed. I've got to turn up. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. And then I, I think about the uh, getting the music on um, and, and start stretching. And, and so if, if you go straight to, oh, my God, I've got to get on this, this rowing machine or this runner and exert myself and get the heart rate up, it's a miserable feeling sometimes, although it can actually be great, if the feeling afterwards. So, so what you've got to do is, is visualize what, how you're going to feel afterwards um, and go through this process of turning, getting ready, turning up, doing the stretching, and then slowly building into it. And, and that, for me, has made it a lot easier. And, and after a while, it's just automated that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for me in the morning to get it done another way, is is how I sort of make the time to do it. Never thought I would be a morning person going to the gym, but it's actually so much easier when I, my, the gym happens to be in my garage than it is, you know, driving 20 minutes to a gym and then doing it all there. It's about time maintenance, isn't it? Yeah. And time efficiency. And, and, you're, and you're right. You're right about making automatic. You know, Paul used to have an expression: take routine thought out of everyday actions. And I think when we automate things, we make things simpler for ourselves in a whole manner of respects. So we're talking about fitness here, but if you look about finance, just automatically enrolling in your workplace pension, you know, setting up a direct debit straight away, making sure you pay yourself first financially, you know, setting up these payments automatically, not thinking about it every single day. Um, helps it because when we think about it, we make decisions on how our emotions are. And we're all human. We have good days where we think, yeah, we can achieve this. We're going to go and beat the world. And we have days where we're less enthusiastic. And on those days, we might have somebody in our head talking to us, saying something where we think, okay, well, I'll just give it a miss there. I won't go to the gym. Or actually, this month, I'm not going to go and spend, save that money because the investment's down. They're not working. I'm just going to go and spend the money and give myself some instant gratification. So automating it. Um, makes a huge difference. Oh, no, completely, completely agree. Completely agree. Um, look, the, the great points there. Let's go back to this this concept of, of goals for 2024 in terms of um, how you go about setting them and some of your specific goals that you might have for this year. Sure. Because I'm interested in in you know how you're going to improve or what's on the, your agenda for for development in the in the coming year. Yeah. So after I've done that exercise where I've said, okay, you know, where do I want to be personally? Brought it back, set my one-year goals and chunk them down into quarters. I then look and say, okay, which ones of these are attributed to the business? And I pull them out and I then in I take them to a team meeting and all the team bring their goals, which attributed to the business of the meeting. And then we have a team exercise and we go through and we 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 bounce ideas off each other and we sit down and say, okay, Where's the business going to be? What's the outcome for the business? We do the same exercise as a company and we do the goal setting with the management team. Okay, so there's four of us in the management team. We do goal setting with the management team. We go through and in, in, in put some ideas in place and then we roll it out to the team. Okay, and then when the practice manager rolls out team, everyone has accountability for one section or one part of that goal setting exercise. So what they're going to do. Um, and 
I think for me, the most important thing with a goal is there's like a 50-50 chance that you're going to achieve it. I think if it's one of those things that you're just going to be able to do as a given, then actually, what's the point? You know, there's no, oh, no stretch there. But if you're going to set yourself a goal that is so outlandish, so difficult to achieve, you're setting yourself up for failure. And what we want to do is build good traits, build good habits. Um, so every goal is about a 50-50 chance of um, succeeding. And I explain this to my team. And I explain to our team that, you know, if we achieve 80% of these outcomes, then we should be extremely proud and happy with ourselves um, because they're going to stretch us. Um, but I think what helps us achieve that is the regular check-ins. You know, checking in for the team, it's every week. We have a team huddle and we make sure we go through a level 10 meeting. We make sure we go through what the goals are, what the outcomes are, um, and we're working. So that, that, that's really particularly important to me. Yes. Sounds like you're organized, Warren. <laughs> hey, you know what? It, I, it just makes life a bit easier, doesn't it? You know, having that structure. And then if things go off that structure, that's when I don't don't like it. And going back to the beginning of the show, you know, when I've got all guns blazing, I want to push ahead to 2024 and I've got these uh, plates to spin, these challenges to face. Um, but reframing it to say that, you know, I'm going to become more efficient. And already we've made efficiencies within business because I'm doing bits of the job that my PA used to do until we get replacement. I'm like, why are we doing it that way? You know, why? we've always done it that way. Yeah, but that's not the best way of doing it. Let's do it this way. It's a new yeah. way of doing it. So. Well, you have to ask the team if they're used to doing their job and they're doing it really well. You've employed them for that reason. It's listening to what they have to say in terms of how you can make changes, improvements to become more efficient. Yeah. Um, or you could just ask me because, you know, as a firm, we're super efficient. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that should come in and do some, uh, you know, some consultancy work. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's an you, you, are, you are super efficient. So how do you do the, the, uh, the goal exercise with your company? How does that work for you? I, I'm not saying that this is the way to do it or that there's an optimal way. I can only tell you what we have done and, and the way that we, uh, uh, you know, did it uh, just recently. So I actually started uh, having a meeting in my kitchen with my wife, who's one of the directors, um, and she's, uh, she does all our books. But, you know, 90% of what she does is is for Team Tlueth and our children, right? So, but I wanted to talk to her about our personal goals before all the business ones, because it's, it's all well and good. You know, me going to her and saying, right, this is what we are doing as a business, or let's talk about all the business first. But actually, it's about how it affects us and the children and so forth. So we said what we would do, and, and we both made a, a list. And I and I, it was uh, more cultural things. We said we'd get tickets to events, exhibitions, theatre, you know, and do some more holidays, that sort of thing. And I'm a big fan of trying to book your social calendar first and then <laughs> trying to fit work around it. And it's we're in a privileged position, very fortunate position, running businesses ourselves they're doing well where we're able to do that largely. Um, my personal goals for this year is to is to get fitter, to focus on health, sleep, gym work, to drink less, uh, to I've I definitely want to do a bit more of the things that I really enjoy, like going climbing, going on my motorbike, you know, doing more walking on the hills and getting out. Because I find myself almost controlled by my mobile phone quite often. And here's me telling my children to get off screens and I'm hypocrite because I'm on it myself. And I think, right, you've got to just put this away so I can read more, do other things. You know, so all the little things that I love doing, when the weather's better, I want to get on my sit on lawnmower, which is, uh, you can think what you want that I have a sit on lawnmower, but I, I love going on it. Um, I, uh, I want to also, as I say, get on my motorbike more because I, I'm one of these that are fair weather riders. Um, 
but getting outside, whether it's motorbike, golf, you know, walking, I, I want to do more of that. So um, I wrote down personal little things like um, I want to shout less, be a better dad, be a better husband, um, smile more, laugh more, don't overreact. Um, that's definitely is a, one of my traits, you know, blowing hot and cold and overreacting. Um, but um, I asked my wife what she wants to do. And, and, it's, and again, it's, it's more crafty things, more cultural things, um, more stuff with the kids. And... Um, no, just trying to be happier. It's 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 uh, it's it's all well and good saying right that we want to earn more or or have this or something materialistic. But actually, we've got to the point now, both my wife and I, where she's telling me, "Here's my line in the sand: get rid of stuff, stop buying stuff we don't need. Let's buy experiences. Let's declutter. Let's give stuff to charity. You know, and that very just clearing the house out makes us both feel quite happy. I feel like I've got something done. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. So yeah. No, that's interesting. It, it was a it's interesting you say about um, being more happy. I think really, ultimately, all of us, if we get really deep, all we want is love and happiness. You know, everything else is noise. We just want more love and we want more happiness. And to be on a financial show and, or, and say the word love is kind of like a bit uncomfortable for some people, but that's really what we want. We want more connection with others and we want to laugh more. Um, so hopefully in 2024, we'll do both of those, Paul. I'll show you the love, baby, yes. and we'll love <laughs> It sounds like we're quoting Jerry Maguire, don't we? But uh, not show, show me the money, is it? Not show me the love. Very good. Um, so listen, as a, as, a, as a business, though, we talked earlier on about you know goals and that sort of thing. I, I didn't start with the team talking about uh, the, the numbers and the assets under management and taking on new clients. But what I do want to do... Um, and our, our sort of key concept for this year is engaging more with existing clients. And that doesn't mean, you know, bombarding them with, with things they don't need or new, newsletters or articles. It's, it's about trying to you know, use the new member of staff we have, Gemma, who's a client relationship manager, to engage with clients, to ask them what they want, to get feedback, to uh, proactively call them and see what we can do for them, rather than just assume that they read a newsletter or that they, they would just call us if they need something. And I think that I'm much more interested now where we are as a business in maintaining the relationships with clients and trying to improve them rather than just more, more, more. You know, it's uh, you definitely get to a point in any business where you go through stages of whether you're growth or whatever. And we were definitely at a high point of um, what were we what we at? We were at the uh, 85% capacity, I think. And I, that's the reason I got a new member of staff on. So. It's trying to, uh, to maintain. But you've definitely got to take on new clients, I think, and, uh, because we've had clients die, we've had clients leave, we've had uh, you know, situations, of course, where, they want to, where I'm encouraging them to take their money off. And because ultimately we're remunerated as a business based on, on assets that we manage, we want to make sure that we're replacing those, but also um, taking on new clients so I can practice. Because our industry, our profession changes so much. You need to be able to practice doing what you do yeah. to constantly tweak and improve what you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, and what about ongoing? How do you maintain the fact that you're staying on track with your outcomes, your goals? Well, I mean, we had a meeting, of course, with the, the staff. We had a, we went around the table. Everybody spoke. We talked about uh, where they wanted what things that we want to do for the business this year. It included more corporate events uh, um, with with clients and engaging more with them, as I said. But um, I think you know the staff happiness is very important to me as well. Um, and, and this concept of, 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 of uh, reviewing what you're doing and making sure that you're on track, well, you, you've got to measure it in some way. And I think that we can measure the numbers, uh, yes, in terms of, uh, of, of assets and monies and profit. But as I say, going away from that, that's always in your mind as a business owner. You've got to remain profitable. Um, but I think that I'm, I'm interested in 
in how uh, staff are feeling, you know, how many uh, days holiday that they're taking, how if they're working late, you know, how efficient people are being, how how much they're willing to contribute um, and come up with things themselves, um, you know, and, and that's hugely important. I want to try and empower my staff to, to do their jobs, which they know how to do, and then encourage them to sort of try and improve little ways, you know, rather than cracking the whip and saying, do it this way, do it this way, categorically my way. Um, they're better at their jobs than I am. Not at mine. They're better at their jobs than I would be doing theirs. Yeah, I've learned that this week. And you've got to be humble. You've got to listen. And it's hard sometimes, especially if you're strong-willed and you want to just preach to, to this is what we're going to do. But, um, and listen, it's, it's not, I'm not perfect at it. It's something I'm trying to learn. At, uh, but I, I think I've been learning more humility uh, this year um, and over the recent years than, than in the past. Um, and you, you, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult trait to learn. And have you been doing this exercise for several years? I have, I have, yeah. I mean, I, the, those that know me well might have, have noticed a, a change in my personality over the years, but I'm, I'm not a different person. I'm just thinking that in my mind, whether it's expressed or not, this concept of being humble and apologising or, or rather, if you've done something, yeah, say sorry or, or um, you know, just don't pass the blame and ask people how they are. And, and, I, and I, one of the things that I wrote down in my personal goals was to actually think before I speak. I mean, I remember my mum telling me all the time. <laughs> To just because then you don't have to apologize later for something you've done. You just don't do the stupid stuff in the first place. How, yeah, so, how's so, that working out for you? <laughs> well, I'm working on it, Warren. I'm working on it. I told you I wasn't perfect. Um, I'm the eternal optimist and a positive person. And I believe in, you know, in just getting on with it regardless, whether, whether it's hard or not, you've just got to get on with it. But, uh, you know, you have your up and down days. Yeah. And, and I, I think that if you're not, it's very difficult to be a quality financial planner if you're not a positive person. Yeah. Because part of your job is to discuss with clients their lives, what they're going to do, ask great questions, and then, you know, to get them thinking positively about the future. You know, so I've got some positive quotes later on in our Q&A session. So, so do you, in this process that you're using, it's worked for you in the past as well? Yes, I, do, I think I work in chaos, quite frankly. I don't, anyone who's come and see my yeah. office with a desk, I thankfully that... Um, you can't see on this camera shot uh, if anybody's watching this for life. I think that for me personally, I've, I've always struggled with the, the list of things to do. I write it on one piece of paper, then in a book, then somewhere else, then I'll use Outlook. Oh. Got it, and it, but I'm, I remember, I know a lot of people just forget stuff. I just remember all the things that I've got to do yeah, and then write it down again. Do. And I do it that way. Some people just have to write it all down and focus on yeah. whether it's written or on, on a, an app like Evernote or something yeah. like that. But I... Um, I don't know. I just uh, think, right, what's important today? And, and when you've got loads of things to do, the, the, and you write down a list of 10 things, the easiest thing is often to do the easiest thing first. You do the thing that's going to not require the biggest amount of willpower. Perhaps it's just so, sourcing, a, you need to book a hotel or you need to uh, um, you know, uh, do a sale for a client online. It's just transactional. It's much more difficult to actually have that, that, that conversation with the client that, that really needs you, that, that's... Uh, you perhaps think oh, this is a complicated situation. I need to engage my brain um, and checking a document that you just don't want to check. You know, it's going to be hard work. I think you've got to flip it on his head and do all those hard things first. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, I've got into the habit of highlighting things in a certain color and then those three things, you might highlight them in, in purple rather than yellow or green or orange, you know, a different color. And you think, right, I've got to get, if I get them done, the rest of it's easy. I can, I can coach the rest of the day. But if you don't get them done, you'll push it to tomorrow and keep pushing it and pushing it. And it's procrastination, yeah. you know, and pushing things off. And that's not getting things done drives me mad, you know. So one way or another, I'm, I'm definitely 
If you want something done, give it to a busy person. Yeah. Give it to me, I'll get it done. It's, it's fascinating because... Um... I, I genuinely do love speaking with you. That's one of the reasons why we developed this podcast, um, because we've been having these chats for some time now. And I think we are so similar, yet so different. Does that make sense? We are both very successful. Well, I'm handsome and you're not. It's yeah, all like being yeah, the beast, isn't that. it? Yeah. I'm English and you're half American, you know, so this. Uh... <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, so we're like, everything's written down. I read a book years ago called um, Get Things Done or Getting Things Done. Um, something out and it's phenomenal it's a great book gtd and uh, we use that process in the office and um it just enables me to get a whole bunch of things done i'm very very incredibly structured and precious of my diary and my time um well tell me about creative time though because it's all well and good as say following a system and a routine and having it all written down when do you get chance to actually think yeah. and be creative so being half american we call it putter time so i have putter time every week and um if uh, this isn't a plug but i've got i got a coaching course too and i was literally just talking to the guys last friday about it about one of the most important things you can do in your day or in your week is having creative thought and just having that time and um there's two times that i do it so i do it every week so it's structured it's in the diary and i have this creative time where i just then uh, review what's going on, brainstorm how the week went, what I want the next week to look like, that kind of thing. But also before a client comes in. So I am evangelical about my private time, 90 minutes before the client comes in. So all my client meetings are at 10 o'clock in the morning. I come in the office about 8.30. In between 8.30 and 10, I become my client. And that's what I do. I get into the world of my client. I go through my client's file. Um, and I basically see, you know, how can I really help this client become the best person themselves? So my creative time is one with the clients 90 minutes before uh, they come in. Yeah. Um, but then okay. weekly, every weekly, normally on a Friday, sometimes on a Saturday morning, um, I'll just do creative time. I'll come to the office nice and quiet and um, yeah, just cut things out. And, and don't you meditate as well? I meditate, yeah, twice a day, every day. For how long? 20 minutes of time. Yeah, really? yeah. first thing in the morning. How? Um, Sit down, feet, you know, your, your hands on your on your knees and do it that way with your eyes closed? Um, or how so I do a thing called Transcendental Meditation, TM, um, and I do... We're losing listeners here. We're losing. <laughs> We've not got any. We're losing it's, them. Um, 20 minutes more than 6 o'clock in the morning, and then normally about sort of 5.30, 6 o'clock before I leave the office at night. Um, and, uh, yeah, probably one of the best things I ever did. Best things I ever did. That and Drew give up alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very good. There's another discussion in itself, isn't it? Um, ask me, ask me when I meditate. When do you meditate, Paul? I don't. Yeah. Um, Have you ever meditated? No. I did. I did it the other day. My wife uh, uh, gave me a mask, this red <laughs> mask, and I put it on for 10 minutes. And it's quite good because you can't, it's something to do with the uh, collagen stimulation or whatever in your face because she's very good at beauty routine anyway you look, in fact um, you look i was just gonna say you look really good for 60 years old you're looking really good thank you thank you yeah <laughs> I, I think i've got more gray hair than you that's terrible i don't know why it's so gray it's because you're worrying um, all the time thinking like where's all my paper no i don't worry i don't worry um no so so um uh, taking time out is very very tricky especially when you've got a hectic life with kids and running a business and i think for me it's on I my mean, dog walk so yeah. I normally would go dog walk, uh, dog walking on Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Paul, Saturday, Sunday. Nelson's more than yeah. a dog. We got to, we were friends with Nelson, right? It's like... Yeah, my dog. Yeah, my dog Nelson's a Dalmatian. He's three and a half. He's actually he's nearly four. Seventh of April. I even remember his birthday. We had him as a lockdown dog, so we got him seventh of April, two thousand twenty. Can you believe it's nearly coming up for four years since wow. that point? Anyway, um, 
yes, he's he's uh, he's a big boy. He's thirty five kilograms, maybe he's more, and he's um, he's very very energetic. So he loves going on long walks. So the best time is if I, when I take him to to Brecon Beacons and take him with me, go up there with my brother, and we're doing like 10, 10 mile plus walks. He's not he's not not even out of breath. You know, we're we're there. You know, we're we're struggling a bit uh, after 10, 15 miles, and he's he, he probably does double that because he's back and forth. But anyway, when I take him out for a dog walk, I usually you know, listen to a podcast or listen to a book or some music or sometimes nothing at all and just try to, this concept of mindfulness, just take it in and just, you know, focus on the walk. Because yeah. a lot of people, when they go walking, they're actually on their mobile phones, they're, they're drinking coffee, they're doing everything other than taking in nature and actually focusing on their breathing. Yeah. So for me, it, it, it's that. Yeah. Um, and that's the only real alone time when you, you never know anyone who's got children will know there's hardly any alone time. But the, uh, so, so I like, you know, I like doing that. So it puts me in the right um, frame of mind for coming into work later. So just sort of like summarising the goal setting. Um, I think, you know, and please jump in if you don't agree what I've sort of summarised here. But I think one thing is say it's important to do. It gives us direction. So I think a, a trait would be to have some outcomes for 2024 and arguably even push yeah. them out into years ahead. Um, write them down so they're specific. So you know what you're going after. Um, yeah. So you yeah. can um and then have some time to take your personal goals first and then your business goals. So it's almost like start with your personal goals and then developing into your business goals and then have some reflective times to reflect on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, this, this, this notion of writing it down, a lot of people don't do it. And if they do it, they, they do it in the wrong format, you know, so um, you've got to make it visual. I remember um, learning diary management uh, 20 odd years ago, no more than that, 25 years ago, selling aerial photos door, door to door. That's another discussion but in America. And they would talk to you about how to manage your diary. And, you know, this concept of a goal would make it visual. You'd print something out. You'd put it on the, the inside cover of your diary, whether it was a car you wanted to buy or a holiday or whatever. In, in today's world, you know, you've got to either have a picture on the wall, have something that's visual, print something out, you know, remind yourself of your own personal diary um, and, and the dates and look forward to them. You know, but, but this, this concept, again, of sporadically, and I think it's probably – monthly certainly quarterly going back and saying right what we've achieved yeah. what can we do better how can we improve on that if you're not reviewing that and actually keeping on track yeah. um you you just you've got no direction and, and again if you're running any business you've got to know the numbers you've got to know the figures you've got to know the outgoings you know i've got to know how many clients you're calling and what the feedback is and so another big goal of ours this year is to do some surveys with clients to actually uh ask them what we're doing well what we could do to improve and working out the best way of doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, it's this this notion of humility. You've got to be humble to do it you, because you will get clients that say you're not doing it uh, something correctly, or I, you need to improve here or there, or can you do this? And you take it on board. Yeah. You know, can't please everyone, but um, okay. Well, hey, look, if you're listening to this and you've got any feedback for us on the goal set and things that you think are great that we've said or things that you do differently, uh, please message us. Let us know. Um, we'll be definitely um, humble and willing to listen to uh, your feedback. Um, and if you're okay with that, Paul, if you if we've kind of concluded, the yeah, we, I think we've we've given that a good thrashing. Give me, um, we. <laughs> That's a great expression. Giving it a good thrashing. <laughs> give me your, give me your two pennies worth. What's what's what have you got for us? So I've actually got three things, right? Because I I was. Oh, two pennies worth, you know, my, my opinion on some recommended books, films, apps, whatever it is, right? So a book that's re relevant to this discussion today, 
uh, is one that I, I think gets, is a bit under the radar. It's called How to Think About Money by Jonathan Clements. And it was written in 2016. This chap's a Wall Street journalist, you know, a, a columnist for the Wall Street Journal. It's been sort of a, approved, if you like, and condoned by Charlie Ellis and John Bogle. You know, uh, John Bogle was the, you know, the founder, as we know, is of, of Vanguard. Uh, and one of the things that uh, um, the, the book talks about is the fact that money is powerful. It's the power to dominate someone's thoughts and ambitions. It's also necessary to navigate life. However, it's this it's, it's asking the question, how do you regard money in a healthy manner? You know, is it possible to use money wisely to help you achieve your goals and increase your happiness rather than just making more money? It being the end goal. And, you know, when you talk about uh, uh, setting goals or resolutions for 2024, if your goal is to get a new job or to earn more or whatever, you've got to ask yourself, is that actually the purpose? You know, is it just to accumulate uh, more? It's got to be the balance between, you know, doing a great job, being rewarded for it, enjoying that job and actually focusing back on personal life and happiness. So this book's actually particularly good. And and it's it's not that long. This is actually it here. Uh, it doesn't take that long. I totally recommend that. Okay. I've got an app that I'm going to recommend, okay. um, one that my wife and I use and she's found and we both like. It's called Life360. Um, the details for all of these things we're saying today are going to be in the show notes. I've got links to all the things that I've referenced. Um, and this particular app is, I think there's a two ninety nine a month premium, but it's to show where your family is. It's about family safety and location sharing. And I love it because when my son gets on the bus in Whitwell, I can see when he's at school because he's got a phone and he, he has to put it in his bag when he's hey, school. That's it's, cool. It's got the tracker, and we know that he's safe. We know that he's there at school. You know, that's so. really cool. Um, that, that's yeah. pretty good. I mean, you get the you get the tags, don't you? Apple have got the sharing the, the tags yeah. that you can put, and and you can put it in someone's bag. But you know, just doing it on an app on the phone, I I like it. We just we. Um, it also gives you feedback. So my daughter's um, fantastic at giving us feedback and telling us what's going on. So my son sometimes is just gets caught up in the moment, having fun. So if we want, if we need to know where he is, we just do the find my phone. And uh, we can, oh, yes, you know, he's on his way home. So, you're all Apple at your house, aren't yeah. you? We've got a combination yeah. of Apple and Android. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're um, all Apple. Okay, so I like that. It- and I, and I, got, I got one other film, I got one other thing that I wanted to give you my two pennyworths on because I love it and uh, I'm going to recommend it to anyone who wants to watch it. It's a film, um, it's not, it's not a new film, but it's one that I keep going back to watch. I'm one of these weirdos who sort of keep watching, you watch a lot. Watches, watch, lot. I watch films over and over again and I keep all my old DVDs and Blu rays and then buy all the films again on the Google Play. Uh, store and a Google movie store. Um, so, so anyway, this this film, you know, I've mentioned I've got into climbing. I quite like climbing. It's particularly difficult. I find to do a bit of bouldering. I took the kids, as I said, up to a big rock, big rock hub uh, in Milton Keynes. They've got a big rock hub and another one, big rock hold or something uh, in in Milton Keynes. Brilliant. So they have the the big long ropes, you know, the uh, auto belaying machines, and then you can do lead climbing. Um, but they have lots of bouldering as well. Anyway. This film is called The Dawn Wall, oh, yeah. and it's got it's got Tommy Caldwell, Kevin Jorgensen, and they they basically climb what was thought to be an unclimbable part of uh, of, of the El Capitan, which is a, a Yosemite National Park. And and it was August last year, twenty three. Only only August took my family to to America. We went on a bit of a tour around San Francisco, and then up through. Um, we went to um, Napa, and then we went over to, uh, um, to to Yosemite National Park as as one of the places and. We were there. It was 100 degrees. It was sunny. It was beautiful. It was a bit too hot. But I, 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 I sort of trekked to the bottom of the, the sort of nose of the dawn wall. And I looked up and I thought, how is this even possible? You know, so I just really love the climbing movies, whether it's 
Don Wall, or you might have seen Free Solo yeah. with Alex Honnold yeah, in 2018, yeah, with, with no ropes. Um, and um, yeah, yeah just anything like that. But Don Wall is my recommendation. Okay. Uh, Mr. Shoot, do you have any, uh, do. what's your two pennies? I do, with? I do. Um, so I've just finished reading a book called Get More Referrals Now by a chap called Bill Cates. Okay. So not Gates, but Cates. Um, and do you know what I think? Very good. Do you know what I think? If you are starting out, if you're a new financial planner or if you're new in business and you want to network and get more uh, clients and stuff, I think it's very, very good. It tells you the almost the referral etiquette, the, the, the obvious thing. So we, we only get business by referrals. We're not on any um, search um, sites or whatever. Um, yeah. and when someone gets referred to us, we always ring the referrer and thank them and just say, Hey, thanks. You know, we'd have a little chat and stuff like that. Um, and we are very appreciative of people putting their trust in us because I understand that, you know, there's a lot of, uh, loyalty and concern that things might go wrong. So when they put them across to us, uh, we very much appreciate it. We show that appreciation. So, <clears throat> um, get more referrals now. It was a good book. If you're new in the business, I think it'd be a great book. Um, highly recommend it. Um, and I guess on a similar theme, um, my app is actually a simplistic one, but it's called the birthday app. Okay. So okay. every week my PA prints off, I know we're old school, prints off my client's birthdays and I call my clients and wish them happy birthday and stuff like that. But this app just pings and gives me a reminder on my phone. Obviously my PA's left. I need to automate things now, right? So I now yeah, just yeah. get a ping, but not only am I getting my client's birthdays, I'm getting everyone in my phone book and arguably people <laughs> on social media that I'm connected with and it's telling me their birthday. So I've had conversations this year with people who I've not spoken to in years. Um, I've just picked up the phone and said, hey, it's really good. I've just, hey, it's your birthday. Yeah. I'm really sorry. I've not spoken to you for a long time. I thought I'd pick up the phone and just say, hi, um, how are you doing? So you call them, do you? That uh, takes a lot of effort to do that as opposed to just text or WhatsApp them. I, do you know, but I'm not, this goes back to living your best life. We're not rushing through life. Does that make sense? I don't want to try and get to the end line. I think, yeah, I made it. I just want to enjoy each step. The journey. Yeah. So enjoy the journey. I had a call with a guy yesterday and I've not, he was a dad at the school where my kids were when they were younger and I've spoken to him for ages and it was really nice to connect and bond with him. And um, yeah, I wouldn't have done that otherwise. And I've got another call to do this morning um after we finish this podcast so um yeah oh, so it's the birthday app um i think it's like one pound something to subscribe a year it's really cheap um but it's great it's simplistic and if you're looking to build relationships which is what this business is all about um which is what business is all about i'd say um then uh, yeah highly recommend it and and what have you been watching recently have you got to watch any 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 film or any documentary or any series that you've uh, no, not, enjoyed? Not, at all? not really. I'm not. I'm not really a huge sort of TV person. Um, Nikki, my wife, um, sort of controls or dictates the TV. Uh, my son was back. <laughs> well, do you know, what? happy wife, happy life. You know, it's a great motto. Yeah. But my my son was back. He's back from uni. He's just gone back the weekend, and my daughter's back. So we all, as a family, watch Silent Witness, um, and we absolutely love that. So we like things like that. Silent yeah. Witness, um, drama, things you got to think about. Um, and and um, Vera and things like that, but um, no Very movies good. and stuff. Nothing, um, nothing sort of uh, too exciting, really. I think it's time to move on to Q and A, which is not questions and answers; it's quotes and anecdotes. So, Warren, ask me: Do I have any quotes? Paul, do you have any quotes? It's funny you should ask that, actually, because I've got three, three. Right, to do with. You've got three here because I don't want to just leave you on one. You know, I've got one. I told you I'd prepare. I've got one. You've got one. Well, 
What do you want to say your one first then? Is what, it, what, uh, should it I say mine and get it out of the way so you can then say <laughs> your three? So I've already Yes, let's do that. I've already said Ollie was back from university, okay? Um and I, I went upstairs the other day and he'd gone out and I looked at his room. He'd just come back from Sweden with his friends. I looked and it was a mess. I just took a photograph of his room. I just sent to him and said, look, tidy room, Ollie. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And it's genuinely... And, and hang on, tell me, tell me who said that, that quote. I don't know. We looked it up. I think it, I think it was Warren Shoot. <laughs> I think it's your new quote. Yeah. I think we Googled it. We couldn't find who said it. I'm sure I did, wasn't the person who came up with it. I, I'm not sure I've got much original content, but... How you do one thing is how you do everything. I think, yeah, and I, and I believe it, you know, and I just sort of sent to him because for me, our job is to raise great human beings, okay? And someone said to me one day is, it, you've been a good parent if your adult children want to be your friend. And as a family, we still enjoy spending a lot of time together. And I just want both my kids to be the best that they can. So I just took a photograph of it, just sent to him, hey, Ollie, tidy room, buddy, make your bed in the morning. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And he went back and went, yeah, absolutely. So that's mine. What about Very you? Very good. So um, I've got uh, first ones on market timing, right? It, it's always in the press about, especially the beginning of the year, when all the, the institutions, the financial institutions, the investment banks are telling people what they think 2024 will hold and what will happen. And there's then the big debate about active versus passive investing and all the rest of it, buying and selling. And I quite like uh, this, this quote from Nick Murray, uh, who, where he just said, timing the market is a fool's game whereas time in the market is your greatest natural advantage. And, you know, I think we're both advocates of the keep it simple, the evidence-based investing, the low cost, that sort of thing. But it's, it's the discussion, it's, it's spending time on the important things and the, the getting the investments structure right, as in focusing most of your time on that buying and selling and discussing it, is the wrong thing to focus on. You know, it's just the wrong thing. If you want to be a really good financial planner, don't focus on those overly too much at all. Once you get it right, you know, um, just let it let it ride, arguably, and make little tweaks if needed. Yeah. Um, got a second one on procrastination. I thought it was relevant to um, the beginning of, of 2024 in the new year. And this, this quote's by Napoleon Hill, and it says, procrastination is the bad habit of putting off until the day after tomorrow what should have been done uh, uh, before yesterday. So, okay. you know, it's um, the day before yesterday, yeah. Um, um, it, 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 and, and then, hang on, I didn't even jump in on it because it's related. It's funny you mentioned that because I'm just reading Thinking Grow Rich at the moment. So I've got that on the go. I read that pretty much every January for some reason. I don't know why it's a bit of a habit. Um, and the quote I've got with uh, procrastination is it just rings my I don't know where this came from. Procrastination is the assassination of success. And I don't know where it comes from. It was just given to me decades ago, but it does, you're absolutely right. It's just get things done. Anyway, go I ahead. Go on. You I go. think. Yeah, and, and now I love that because, you, you know, you've got to, to get things done. You know, we talked about routine and habits and that sort of thing, but you've just got to start. You've just got to get off your backside and actually start. And it's the easiest thing to do is procrastinate, yeah. just put it off to tomorrow. Um, and then the last one is on winning. Um, and I, I, uh, I'm sure everyone's heard of Jesse Owens. Um, so he actually apparently said, um, uh, we all have a dream, but in order to make dreams come into reality, it takes an awful lot of determination dedication, self-discipline, and effort. And, you know, he was a pretty good athlete, so, so you can sort of take that on board. Yeah, no, um, but on, on one of the, in the show notes, you'll see that I've got actually got, uh, links on each of these quotes to the sections on Flickr, where we have about 40 or 50 or 60 different quotes with images on them my wife created. And wow. it's quotes that I like, um, where we're trying to make them more real by putting the person on there as well and making it visual. Um, because often you just you hear the quote, 
and obviously this is a podcast, so a lot of people will be listening to it. But if you do click on the in the show notes and you click on the, the links, you know, be able to visualize it and see it more. Yeah. And there's lots of other quotes there which I'm going to bring in in due course. So I think we're going to include uh, some movie quotes, being a movie buff in the future, um, and some other anecdotes uh, as part of the Q and A section. But um, as for our first podcast, I don't think that went too badly. It went all right, didn't it? How do you think? Hey, what I think, think it went brilliant. In Paul, I really enjoyed it as always. I always learn something speaking to you, and I, I genuinely mean that. And I think this is why it's great that we can do this um, to share our ideas and some of our wisdom with other people who might want to take on board. And um, so, yeah, thanks for your time. I was going to be nasty then and say, speaking to you, I don't learn anything. But uh, no, it's not the case. I absolutely do. And uh, I, I've really enjoyed it too, Warren. So thanks for your input today. And I look forward to uh, the next one, our episode two in a couple of weeks. Brilliant. Take care, buddy. See you. Bye-bye. Okay, take care, everyone. Bye now. Thank you for joining us for today's discussion. If you're enjoying this show, please subscribe to our podcast. It's a great way to support us. If you have questions or comments about this podcast or topics you'd like to suggest for the show, please put these in the comments section on YouTube. Remember, if you find yourself humming our theme song for the next week, it's not a sign of brainwashing, it's just a testament to our awesomeness, or possibly a mild earworm. Consult a doctor if symptoms persist. This show is designed to be informational only and does not constitute investment or financial advice. Please contact a regulated financial advisor before taking any specific action.